Well, sure is quiet in here today. Yes, a little too quiet, if you know what I mean. Hmm, I'm afraid I don't. You see, bees usually make a lot of noise. No noise suggests no bees. Oh, I understand now. Oh, look, there goes one. To the Beemobile! You mean you're shabby? Yes. Oh, very clever, Simpson. Luring our bees to your sugar pile and then selling them back to us at an inflated price. Bees are on the what now? Simpson, you diabolical. We're willing to pay you $2,000 for the swarm. Deal! Bees are leaving. No! My sugar is melting! Melting! Oh, the Ken's laser. Welcome to another episode of Occam's Laser, the only podcast in the world hosted by me and Dulta. <laughs> and today we're joined by a very special guest, a beekeeper, Joe Bonfield. Am I special? Hello, Joe. So, <laughs> <laughs> also, hello. Yeah, also, hello. hello. <laughs> so, bees. Um, you're not a professional beekeeper, but you keep no. them. Bees are mad interesting, and they're in the news loads for the last few years because they are dying. And then everyone got concerned about them, uh, so much so that a very close friend of mine carries around that little... Um, sugar water little bee survival kit yeah sugar water and it gives it to bees when you see them on the road or whatever just to feed them when they get tired yeah and, yeah so I mean people really care about them these days yeah I was actually I had a car bonnet lifted up recently and it's full of little holes and then a honeybee came along and he kept trying to go into all the little holes in the metal but I was like none of those are flowers there's a bee in the bonnet yes literally <laughs> but uh, I felt bad because he was wasting energy and I was like no B don't waste your time there's no sugar here just a corrosive battery <laughs> sugar water it must be an American bee after all those oil oil in the car <laughs> alright so so can you tell us anything about the how do you keep bees like what do you have to do it's like simplest way to explain it is you literally just have a box with a hole and the bees come in and live and they go out when they want to go forage. Not like you've got hives and village yards just wooden or polystyrene boxes and there's various different levels you can add on levels onto it. The bottommost one would be where they live, where they where they lay their eggs, where they rear their brood and they keep their own stores. And then you have um, a little grid that excludes the queen from getting up to the upper levels. So they mm. just fill that full of stores of honey. That's what you harvest. And how many hives do you actually have? Like, if it's just a hobbyist thing, like, how many would be? We have two at the moment. Okay. One kind of died back a bit over the winter, so we're going to put that into a smaller hive, into a nucleus hive, just to try and give it time to build itself back up. We might merge that with one of the other ones that we have, because the queen of that one may be failing. So So do you just get rid of the queen? Yeah, so just if the queen fails, then either they'll try and supersede her themselves. Okay. But if it's the case they can't do it, then the hive might just die out. So what we yeah. probably do is take the queen and dispatch her and merge this hive with another hive so that you've got a stronger stock of bees. Yeah. Your foreign policy, you're like interfering in their... Uh... <laughs> Their own government. It's like <laughs> it's American not really government. Like Assassination. It's not really government. They're, they're more 
It's a monarchy. More, they're more <laughs> one organism. The colony is an organism rather than the individual bees. So you can just... A so hive mind. But even yeah. when you're talking about them, you're saying like the colony is if it's like... Do you see it as one thing and more intelligent than any stupid bee? Well, it's because all controlled centrally by the queen and then there's yeah. various other pheromones and ticks that keep them going. So it really is one organism. Do you not think each bee deserves the right to vote? <laughs> they, probably, they probably do deserve it but it's a matriarchy and they don't care. they do what mammy says the whole time did you ever watch Malcolm in the Middle uh, yes. when Malcolm meets a guy who's way smarter than them and then he explains how smart he is to Malcolm by saying imagine a beehive uh, and my brain is like a beehive and every bee in that hive has a brain just like yours I was like oh that's good <laughs> What a sick insult. Yeah. <laughs> Great insult. And so how do you start, like, if I say I have a box, I have a hole in it, so I'm ready to keep some bees. Like, well, how do I make them come and live in the box? So you just get a special box. <laughs> you put the frames yeah. in it. So, like, um, it's essentially just uh, just a box and uh, has an entrance to the front mm. and it has um, a way for you to put the frames in. So generally it'll have... 10 or 12 frames in it so each frame is going to have a foundation of wax on it they'll build up themselves in it you generally start off with a nucleus hive so just a nuke they come in smaller boxes called nuke boxes so that might have five or six frames in it and they'll start out so that might be a split from a larger colony of bees where they take two or three frames of brood a frame mm. of stores of honey Okay, so you have a little seed. Yeah, exactly. And is there a queen, queen in there already? Or you, yeah, you add a queen in? You'd introduce a queen into it. So some people okay. are just rare queens. They have um, the smaller hives called apodeas, which they use to rare queens in. Deadly. So you, like, you, like um, the bees will naturally tend to, to swarm or to try and supersede the queen. What sometimes people do is they'll graft the queen cell mm. off and into one of these apodeas. And that might be just one frame with some brood, with some worker bees, and they'll gradually rare that queen after becoming used to her pheromones and that'll build yeah. up into a larger nucleus and then to a larger hive after. Imagine that was your job like raising queen bees. Queen maker. Yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can buy them in the post as well. You can get a queen bee posted to you. <laughs> yeah. I must get a few. <laughs> Wait, so you're saying that they come in a little tic-tac box yeah, almost. Yeah, basically a little, little tic-tac box and it is um, it's got air ventilation holes in it. It's got um, some food for the queen so a kind of a fondant for it to keep her going for a while. And it's um, arranged so that's the perfect dimensions to fit in between the frames in the yeah. hive. And the amount of fondant that's there is just enough so that you get her, you can put her in. The other bees won't immediately attack her and try and kill her because they're not used to her. It'll give them time to get used to her, her scent. So it's like some seal that it takes a while for them to yeah, eat through or whatever. Yeah, they, them, okay. the other bees and her will eat through it. It's a wax fondant seal. It's all very organized and regulated and everyone... No, they so all have their own job. Yeah. So, and if, so if I was one, but I meant even that the size of the thing fits in the frame and all yeah. the frames are similar. But could I get these queen bees sent to my enemy in the post? I could do. Just They're kind of useless. They'd be like, why do I have bees. this box of... Uh... Yeah, queen won't, queen won't sting or do anything. So. Really? I don't think queens are stingers. Actually. I thought it's really interesting the way like you have a, a kind of a grid where or like bars that the queen can't get above so that she doesn't like just fill all of the those little wax capsules with eggs yeah so that you don't end up with like honey full of bee larvae or whatever Ew. yeah there's just no commercial value if there's if it's eggs larvae. It. Yeah, yeah people aren't going to eat that they're happy eating fish eggs but they won't eat bee eggs well, what is, <laughs> well they do actually oh, really? i only discovered this really recently reading up on something but apparently 
because like you can eat honey people harvest honey but they also harvest pollen as well so you can put a metal grid at the front of the hive to knock off the pollen some people take it because they think it's um, it's good for their immune system yeah especially if you've got hay fever to produce the local pollen yeah but then some people can have a serious allergic reaction to it but it's the same with the brood so the eggs and larvae when they're in their developmental stage it's called the brood mm. but apparently people eat it as well because oh. they it's apparently it's very high in protein as well it's a good replacement for I imagine so. level of protein for yeah. chicken or beef but again you can have a really bad allergic reaction to it yeah I guess like it's like anybody being allergic to like just normal hay fever or like bee stings I guess it's the same sort of thing yeah. but um, you also hear of people just eating honey that's made locally to try and suppress yeah. like hay fever and things like that as well so what is honey? Like, where, is that, good question do they, they spit it out or it's regurgitated something goo yeah. how do yeah. bees make it? so like when the worker bees are all foraging they're collecting honey or they're collecting nectar they're taking nectar from plants which is just sugar basically yeah basically sugar water and they're but good sugar water not the yeah. bad sugar water that yeah. we have to sometimes give if them. only we had massive flowers where we could just like dive in and get a little sup now yeah. and then you know. get a big sunflower and just <laughs> yeah. but um, they also collect the pollen in little baskets on their legs called corbiculae so when they come back to the hive the other works in the hive so depending on the age of the worker bee it has a particular function so the younger ones generally stay in the hive cleaning out cells then for that's for about a week then a week after that they're going to be uh, taking pollen and nectar from the foraging bees and then a week after that then they're out foraging themselves and the rest of their time is spent foraging yeah but they uh, when they come back in then because they have two stomachs one is for themselves one is for collecting the nectar what yeah do you not have two stomachs (laughs) I've got two I've got three (laughs) but uh, yeah the worker bees take it and the pollen is disseminated in the hive as well by other worker bees Um, they take the nectar then the worker bees digest it a bit as well Mm. so whatever enzymes in their stomach they break it down from complex sugars into simple sugars then they essentially regurgitate it into the cells and um it's evaporated they evaporate the moisture on it so through fanning in the hive and regulating the temperature they get it down to a moisture content of I think it's 20% mm. so there's turns into definitely then yeah turns into like a goop um, I, when I was looking up stuff about bees I came across like it's crazy to make like a pound of honey they need to like take nectar from something like 8 million flowers yeah and you just scoop okay. it away yeah you're just like and you're just thank you. it on your toast yeah. thank you all those flowers yeah. yeah it's such a like crap ratio of flour to honey so just taking honey like is, is that mean or does that actually help stimulate them to make more of it or is it actually like do they need it it depends because like, um, like they're saving it for themselves are they they make well, it for your... yeah but they're saving they're saving for themselves so like if you had say a hive a w- completely wild hive of bees they wouldn't make nearly as much honey because it's it's like selective breeding for livestock they've been selectively bred since like bees have been around people have collecting honey since 8000 BC or something like that like there's yeah. cave paintings of people collecting honey yeah. and foraging for honey and the Egyptians probably were the first to actually domesticate them or pseudo-domesticate them it's, whatever it's way it's mad to think that somebody like 8000 years ago just like probably whacked some hive to get rid of bees and then there's just like a load of goo coming out and they're like hmm no, just yeah, eat they this do, they still do it in like in Nepal or in like in Himalayas and that like because yeah. down in the more temperate regions you get bees so they they climb up cliffs like they'll be there mm. like just comb they won't even be inside a hive just comb hanging from the cliffs and they'll 
smoke them away and just cut off a bit and be like, nice bees. Jeez, See you just hanging there. But lots of other animals eat it as well, like all the apes and monkeys mm. and stuff. Oh, yeah, so they probably see other people doing it there. Mm. People. <laughs> yeah, and bears, like, don't give a fuck. Like, they're so you know, they just, yeah, yeah they just scoop in. Like, like, and they take the bees and all, the larvae and all. So, look, there's a big load of protein for them as well for, yeah, for their hibernation. That's true. Because you know? one of the ways people are like, oh, there's global warming, we have to stop eating meat. One of the solutions some people are saying is just to eat insects because they're so high in protein and you can make them quicker but you've quicker. got such a collapse yeah. in insect populations now yeah. that's no longer an option really yeah you'd have to like breed them purposely for that right farm yeah. yeah and i wouldn't like to be like a cockroach farmer or whatever oh that sounds awful <laughs> i hate cockroaches they're absolutely disgusting there's one on your neck definitely a couple not. of times are horrible yeah. some all over the place as in america oh nice. they're the worst and so you touched on something there that's worth going over so insects collapsing and bees in particular everyone is worried about that they're going away and why are they dying off or just insects in general or well, bees, bees. Or... what was the bee stuff there's loads of <laughs> different ones like there's there's certain diseases that affect them there's parasites there's overuse of uh, neonicotinoids or whatever you call them insecticides like, like... insecticides yeah. that actually literally destroy them like they brains essentially melt away and they just do stupid things and don't work anymore mm. so we had um, one of our hives about a year or two years ago like the fields out behind us like they're so potatoes and your man used to spray them mm. and then one or two of our hives stops um, the queen stopped laying so we reckon that that contributed to us like they would yeah. no they generally wouldn't um, forage on potatoes I wouldn't think because they're self-seeding because they're tubers but they possibly, yeah. possibly do go visit the flowers. Yeah, sure they do or not, they're also just nearby. Because I saw, yeah, it's like it's, I saw yeah. something recently where, like, even insecticides that have kind of been uh, proven for like these are okay for bees; they don't really harm them. They found out that in really small quantities, like given over a sustained period of time, will affect like a bee's sense of direction and sense of smell. So they don't know where they're going, so they won't collect as much like nectar for making honey, and then the hive will eventually collapse because every bee is only making like seventy percent of what it should be making. Which is also like yeah. terrifying to and think that yeah. all of these insecticides that are like, oh yeah, they're fine, and they're actually not fine. Yeah, and once you're just making just not enough to sustain, eventually yeah. it'll collapse. Yeah, but none of the, those like things, insecticides that have had long-term studies done either. You know, they just yeah. are short-term. Oh, they're not killing them. Yeah, especially on like large scales with like lots of hives and stuff. I'd say it's probably pretty new. So is like commercial level honey farming bad, or is that good? Like, do the bees have a good time on, like, if I buy Boyne Valley honey or whatever? Free, yeah, like free range bees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I think they do. So, depends completely on their, or whoever's keep on the beekeeper's husbandry of them. But generally, it's in their interest, like any farmer or anyone to care for their yeah. stock or care for their bees. So, just treating them for disease. And But I had honey in your house and it was delicious and so flavorful and stuff. And like honey really varies a lot. You can get some honeys that are very. Yeah, because it's blended, you see. Because uh, it could be like if you pick up a jar of honey in Aldi or Little or wherever, look at it, it might be, it might say a blend of EU and non EU honeys or a blend of non EU honeys. Yeah. So, bees all around the world. They don't even know. Getting yeah. all there. <laughs> Giving me honey. <laughs> and, you can, and you can tell from the honey what they've been foraging on. So, like, you could, like, heather honey. Like it's yeah it's a big the best one you can get, yeah. like, probably, I think, anyway, is we get mm. a bit of it at home because, like, there's so much heather up in uh, County Wicklow like and the bees will go for miles so we're really close to Heather yeah 
but like it's it's that bit thicker and darker it's just gorgeous and do bees mind if it's there's not a variety of flowers and stuff like are they happy to just keep going to one the same flower yeah cause they, well they go generally different times of the year like so there's a few okay. that are staples for them so like one of the most important one for bees is dandelions this one yeah, of the first ones out and it's mm. it's so it's so important for bees like if you have people spraying off dandelions or cutting away dandelions like it'll have a big impact on bees especially if they come out a bit earlier mm. people um, hate dandelions I mean. yeah well, dandelions are lovely yeah. I think they're a lovely flower like just because they're in the wrong place uh, they're, they're called the weed, weed. Yeah. Yeah. weed's just a flower in the wrong place ah that's very poetic it's so philosophical <laughs> yeah that's mad and so are bees a year round thing or do they have a season when they they do the business and stuff well, they're generally on, they're generally active from late well depending how warm it is because like it's so variable now but generally they shouldn't be out any time earlier than spring and then they should be in the hive over winter yeah. so but when you see one out in like October they're always real pissed off and they want to sting you yeah I know <laughs> he's never want to sting you unless yeah. you're getting really in the way I've never been stung by a bee Mm. Like I've been, have you? Yeah, I've only been stung a handful of times by honeybees, and, and I've you been keep literally, them. I've been literally taking a roof off their house, and <laughs> yeah. shaking them all Take, over the place, stealing their honey. <laughs> so you can get you can get particularly nasty ones, like certain strains of them can be. That's the thing. I like some nasty. some types of like honeybee are bred to be like less aggressive, right? Because they're easier to keep. So but, yeah, they generally are. Like yeah. there's if you cross certain ones, like there's like the ones we have here are native native Irish honeybee, which is European honeybee. Like it's Apis, yeah. Apis mellifera mellifera. Uh, so we, we call it yeah black European bee we just call it the Irish honey bee but mm. in the UK they'll call it the native English bee and yeah it's a native European bee or whatever. native to like, so but the they're, like they're generally really calm like you yeah. could go with them without smoking them sometimes depending on them depending on the queen as well because the queen it's her pheromones that control everything so if she's a, a right old bitch then the rest <laughs> of them aren't going to be nice and do those suits stop you getting stung for like, the most part yeah. like, the, like they can still sting you through sometimes and most of the times you're going to get stung in your hands so you can yeah. like I might use gloves sometimes but generally I will they're very cumbersome so you might just throw them off sometimes but then it'll get you all over the hands oh, if that's so them. brave I wouldn't be taking off my gloves and going and also you probably don't know this or you might not but are there any bees without sting uh, without little stingers uh, drones don't have stingers mm. so it's like in the in a beehive you've got worker bees you've got drones you've got one queen so basically the queen, her job is to just lay the eggs. The workers, they clean the cells, they feed the larvae once the eggs develop and they clean up, they take in, the, they forage, they disperse the pollen and they make the bee bread and that as well. Bee bread? Yes. Yeah, so like delicious. Yeah. So what they do is like, with the, like when they bring in the pollen, they mix pollen and nectar together okay. and whatever way they digest it with enzymes, but it's very nutritious for for the mm. uh, larvae so first of all they feed them royal jelly for a few days mm. then they start feeding them the um, the bee bread royal jelly bee bread this is delicious it's the life yeah. <laughs> if you keep you keep like you keep feeding if you keep feeding one royal jelly then because it's so much higher in protein it allows mm. their reproductive organs to develop fully and that's where you get a queen so that's mm. the difference in it and that's why they're bigger and longer as well they've got more protein they're bigger their bits are all inside them mm. eat developed. too much protein and you're going to turn into a queen yeah but like the <laughs> Like the uh, the drones, like they don't have they don't have stingers because um, they their job is solely to mate. So they, when the drones are laid, they take a bit longer to develop as well because they're bigger. They go fly off. They've got these areas called drone congregation areas. It's like you might get drones from different heights. Like it's generally a clear area, mm. about ten or so meters off the ground. So the queen will go out on a nice sunny day. She'll all the lads will have at her. So it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like 
It's like, the dance, it's like the dance floor on Copper. She's down the at her. And whichever, and she'll mate with a few of them, whatever, but every time she mates with them, she might mate with one or might mate with a few, depending on how much she, how, how, much how, she how, how well they're but looking. They, but literally, like, they, that's their job to go and do it. And the exertion of it is so much that they literally just arrest and fall to the ground. Oh. So, so would you rather have a stinger ex- or spend your life mating? <laughs> they get to do it once, they die in ecstasy. That's one good thing. But then she gets her fill, and that's it. She'll never fly out and mate again. Like that's all the sperm to do her for her lifetime. <laughs> so Did she she's well. She said it. That's enough sperm to do me for that's a life. Maybe that's the way tell me to fuck off. <laughs> so uh, you're also saying that they're in out kind of in September, and then they go in the hive in d- December. Kind of like depending on how cool it. Like you might get yeah. them out October, like. Ideally, you wouldn't see them out too much in November, so yeah. what they'll do is they'll cluster in the hive to keep themselves warm because they have to maintain... Like penguins. I was looking at this. They have to maintain, maintain like to... 7 or 8 degrees Celsius at least yeah, to like not die. Yeah. So and they just they just so... vibrate to keep warm? Yeah, like they have to... Just mental. Uh, yeah. They, I think it has to be 32 degrees for them to fly. That's their internal temperature. The temperature of the hive yeah. has to be maintained. And it has to be 32 fully, degrees for the... Act queen to lay eggs and stuff yeah. like for all those eggs to survive it needs to be 32 degrees yeah and so when you see a bee like sometimes if they're stopped like you know and you were saying about if someone has if you see a hungry bee they might get a teaspoon of sugar especially for mm. bumblebees and it gives them a little burst of energy and sometimes they might just be stopped and you see them shivering extra like vibrating just to stay warm just to actually stay warm so they're gonna stay warm yeah, yeah. but, they, but like, they might be resting as well because they're those muscles like there's thousands of muscles moving to generate the flight for them and yeah. there's so much heat actually generated by those muscles yeah. that was the old uh, myth wasn't it like oh people don't know how the bumblebee actually flies oh it's yeah aerodynamically impossible yeah. no it's the, not the surface area yeah. of the wing he's doing, he's doing a lot of work yeah. <laughs> a serious amount of because yeah. I was, I was thinking it's crazy like in you know for example like North America mm. in winter time when they have those like really like bad cold snaps and it's like minus 25 degrees for like three weeks mm. like that's really tough on beehives to try and like they need loads of yeah. extra honey to keep warm for that like it's mm. crazy yeah that's a lot of shivering it's a lot of shivering but then like that's where some materials in beehives can help as well because you can have wooden hives which would be keep the, it like insulated more, more of them are polystyrene now yeah so they're they're easier to clean which is good from a health perspective for the bees they're easier to keep warm and like in America, sometimes they put them indoors. Like yeah. in Canada, they've got uh, purpose-built barns where they bring them in and they're ventilated and everything just so there's no buildup of carbon dioxide, so there's not too much moisture in the hives so they don't get disease and stuff. So mm. one of the the reasons that we kind of touched on, but insect populations are collapsing around the world and some people think there's like decline of 90% in some types of insect. And we've, I've talked to you about it before, Joe, but... Mm. Um, it's called the windshield hypothesis and people just have this sense that if you drive your car now and you just look how many bugs are in front of your car it's just not what it was a few decades ago Mm. one of the reasons is insects are so much more susceptible to climate change because they're so small and they have such a narrow range of temperatures actually we were talking about it last week Mm. the size if you're a big mammal you're a bear you can survive a bit too hot, a bit too cold. Yeah. You know, you can have layers of fat or whatever, but insects need a really specific temperature. And as mm-hmm. soon as, yeah, summer comes a bit early or it's a particularly like cold winter, it really just kills a lot of insects. Mm. So that's shit. <laughs> Sad times. But do you, um, the other thing I want to ask you is like, do you, are you, would you be attached 
to your bees like uh, in the same way you could get attached to uh, a or a dog or is it more like a fish and you're like oh, I have a fish but you know, <laughs> nobody's, gonna be nobody's attached to fish is that what you're saying <laughs> well, if, right, if I have a fish and someone's like hey do you want to go to Japan for a month I wouldn't be like oh who's going to mind my fish like, oh yeah I'll like, mind your fish <laughs> there you yeah. go you never or, have to or, worry or, about or it you lose the mind I'll come to Japan yeah. <laughs> So, but what about your bees? Would you be concerned about, like, are you attached to them? And you're like, oh, I miss them. I wonder what they're up to today. Or, like, is it therapeutic going to see them and stuff? Oh, really, yeah, really, it's really therapeutic. Like, just actually going down and working with them is brilliant. Really yeah. just, like, if it's a particularly warm day, like, you can sit, like, you can sit a foot from the, the hive. Mm. You can stand right at the door at the entrance. So, like, they're not going to sting near you unless yeah. you aggravate them. It's therapeutic to watch them foraging and stuff like that if you're in the garden and see them with flowers. But... Did I talk to you? <laughs> Tell me to burn things. <laughs> could, could I have them in a residential place, or is it like what do people oh, yeah. have? Uh, oh, like yeah, urban like hives and stuff. Yeah. I think oh, there are oh yeah, like so there's um, like basically all around the country there's um, there's um, beekeeping um, collectives. Like, yeah, like there's God, there factions, <laughs> associations. That's the word. So like you got like I'm in the South Kildare, I think it is, um, or oh, North Kildare. I'm in North hey, Kildare. I'm in there, yeah, like so they're like so I go to like I go to the meetings in Nice for the association there, and yeah. that's where I most people I know um, who do the bees as well. But the South Kildare, which would be based in Athy, I think, and then mm-hmm. there's like but one of the biggest ones in the country is Dublin. Yeah, obviously Dublin's most people in that, right? But like urban beekeeping is a big thing because if you think about the gardens that you'll have in um, cities, you're going to have a much wider range of flowers. Yeah. And, Things yeah. will generally flower a bit earlier and a bit longer, and like a wider cities. range of flowers. Because you've got a microclimate with all the concrete, better retention of heat, and that. So, mm. but yeah, urban beekeeping is a big thing. There's um, Belvedere College keep beehives on the roof. Really? Yeah, that's so cool. They're, they're, and they're they're thinking of doing it in my my old school, O'Connell School. They're thinking of doing that as well. So. Mm. I'm trying to push it because I yeah. give them a hand to do it as well. Yeah. But it's be, it'd be a very cool thing to have in schools, like yeah. to like and if people wanted to learn yeah. how to keep bees. Like, and yeah, to, to, Christian Brothers and Ace have them as well, I think. But to learn, like, oh, don't just kill them when you see them. Because even oh, yeah. when I was growing up, it was like, uh, you know, it wasn't uncommon. Too to many bees a, around. Have a jam jar, <laughs> yeah, with half of the water and just kill as many bees. Really? Yeah, but with wasps, yeah. I never did that. Yeah. Or like maybe wasps, not bees. Oh, wasps. Yeah, but wasps are evil. Yeah, <laughs> everybody knows that. Do they make honey? No, do they make anything? Useful? They don't make honey. No, Sting they're like people. they're not. They're not even. They're actually very important because they like mm. the bastards, but they're important <laughs> in terms of the wider ecosystem. So, yeah. like there would have been time years ago. Like I remember, we used to have wasps that were pain in the ass in the shed. You'd get rid of it, or if you're sitting outside the pub or whatever with your coke yeah. or cider, something like that. Like they'd be flying. It's like that yeah. doesn't happen anymore. Even accosted really by wasps. Summer doesn't happen yeah, yeah but I know what you mean if, if they were just removed yeah you wouldn't know what the unintended consequences would be yeah. further <laughs> but there's some bogus quote attributed to Einstein about if all the insects went then there'd be four months and we'd starve because mm. we'd have no food and I think it's something like that he never said it but the sentiment was kind of half true but mm. yeah probably not four months but I don't think it'd take that long yeah but yeah because if bees disappeared it's not just honey that would go but flowers mm. wouldn't be any plants yeah yeah, yeah. Well, who needs plants? <laughs> 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 Only feed is the best. Carnivores. Yeah, we'll just feed the cows corn. So, uh, <laughs> we'll just eat other carnivores. Are monocrops bad for bees as well? Then doesn't they don't really care too much about if you mm, have what's a monocrop? What do you mean? Like yeah. uh, just replacing 
uh, a small forest area with oh with one yeah like corn or yeah, something or, or, or even if it's just a pine trees but it's just one particular <laughs> well, they thing wouldn't, they generally wouldn't be pollinated anyway I don't yeah. know about pine trees maybe like I know some trees will be like sycamore they go mad bumblebees especially go mad for sycamore yeah because but um like corn and that like they're kind of grasses and grasses are mostly wind pollinated so mm. they don't care to them but but like yeah you need a good diverse range of crops for them ideally native ones because again like that's the thing you can introduce insects and stuff to an area but like you introduce like a plant to an area so you bring in a particular invasive dandelion here and the bees go mad for it like mm. you're possibly aiding the spread of that particular plant and that might be to the benefit of your bees but might be detrimental to other mm. fauna yeah. it's like Japanese knotweed that everybody says yeah and you, oh. meant you can get honey from it I was in Boston I was at a farmer's market and they had jars of knotweed honey and it was actually black like treacle oh weird so I was I, I wanted to bring a jar for home I was kind of like I thought should I bring it home because it's knotweed <laughs> oh yeah so they get it through customs as well. yeah they definitely take it off yeah. see yeah. that all over the place as well like it's it's bad around this part I think as well a certain yeah. in Shakur it's bad affects people's insurance People are pissed about the knotweed. The um, other thing that we kind of touched on slightly, but you're almost like a self-sufficient... So you live in Wicklow, near the mountains. <laughs> a mountain man. Yeah. I, I was like, are they mountains? I guess they're mountains. Hills. Yeah. Near Hollywood. Uh, <laughs> and Hollywood is cool because it actually has a Hollywood sign. Um, <laughs> but it's almost like a self-sufficient little farm because like, when I was in your house, you have like tomatoes... Honey, other stuff. Chickens? Do you have chickens? Chickens, stuff, chickens. Chickens, cat. So I want to bring up a chicken fact that I learned today. And uh, this is crazy. Have you ever heard of chicken hypnotism? Yes. Uh, yeah. yes. I had never heard of that. Yeah. That is so <laughs> weird. You can just hypnotize a chicken? Yeah. And it's such a weird thing. You just put their head on the ground and draw a line and they stop moving. Yeah. What, what is going on there? Yeah. I don't know. I really want to try it. Have you ever tried it with your chickens? No. Ours are pretty... I know. Annoying. Mad. <laughs> you could, like, you could mad walk, you could walk in the garden and just go chup, 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 like this morning. I did a few bits of... Oh, they come running like mad. Like, did you ever see that? Uh, there's a video on YouTube of some guy in China somewhere he's blowing the whistle and they're running down the mountains. Like, uh, How many uh, chickens do you have? Like? All the chickens swarming. It was literally, they come running down the steps of the garden and like jump because they're throwing a bit of rice out to them. Or, do the chickens or, uh, swarm more often than the bees? <laughs> a bit, no. For us, well, bee swarming is... A friend, a friend of my... Um, well, my uh, parents she got bees last year and another friend of ours is helping her get them started yeah but um she got married on good friday except her partner got married and the next day she came home whatever preparing to go on the honeymoon and uh, the bees were starting to swarm oh. so by the time someone came up trying to give her a hand they're already gone so oh, that's annoying so who would win your bees or your chickens in a fight it's more bees so i think uh, yeah there's way more they, bees. They, they, like, swarm over. it's like the you know thousand ducks or one lion yeah <laughs> or a horse sized duck or uh, yeah. but swarming bees are not aggressive so like if you see a swarm of bees on a fence post like, they're not aggressive because they're at that point they've got nothing to defend so they're actually yeah. not aggressive they're just looking for somewhere to live yeah and that's just oh. the reproduction like swarming is some people allow swarming to happen some people don't because yeah. you have like say two or three hives and one of them swarms the queen goes off with two thirds of it like yeah. there's another queen potentially in development there yeah. but if you're doing it just to get your bit of honey then it's going to it's going to impact on your own I mean if you've got that, if you've got like spare hives and stuff it's something you might want to happen if you could convince them to like move into those hives right yeah so people do that like they might get a they get bait hives yeah. and put them up on top of their sheds That's cool. so they like might come into it like baited with um, old comb or with things like lemongrass that come towards mm. it 
That's mad. I was actually, have you ever heard, you know, obviously you've heard of Bookfast. Yeah. Everybody's heard of Bookfast. The Bookfast Yeah, there's bees uh, that yeah, are they're, from they're, the same monastery. Yeah, and they're, and like, they're actually like the, one of those aggressive kind of strains. Yeah, but they were, they were bred like some guy in, some guy, some uh, like monk, some brother in like the Bookfast monastery back in like 1905 or 1910 uh, realized that bees were dying off because it was some like big I don't know, die off of bees back then. Yeah. But uh, he started like breeding bees to be more hardy, like genetically or whatever. But um, it's, it's mad. To, like, so he, I think eventually there was some like hullabaloo at the monastery and he lost his job there <laughs> as yeah. beekeeper. Yeah. But then like nobody kept the bees and they kind of like. Trying to make a super them. race of uh, aggressive bees. But yeah, but there's actually, there is some like genetic uh, studies, like genetically modifying bees. Mm. Um, I was looking at one study in one Germany. Of the, one of the only three insects to be fully, like the genome is fully yeah. mapped for bees. Yeah, they yeah, mapped in like 2006 or something. Fruit flies or something, yeah. Um, and like, so they have the whole genome done out and they're trying to basically edit it, like, you know, put in at the minute they're fairly unsuccessful with any sort of editing they've been trying to do. So they're literally just trying to inject them with a bit of like genetic material that will make them like, you know, uh, like their tissues will like glow under UV light and stuff to see if it actually worked. But most of the time when they genetically modified the, uh, so they do it in like when it's really, really young, like basically just an egg. Um, but then because the egg looks damaged to the bees, the bees will go and kill the egg. Mm. So they can't get hives to take to like genetically modified bees, uh, which That's is so clever to, so hard to do. The, the bees protected, yeah. It's that also is. interesting in Germany they had to keep it they have to keep them in like a big covered tent yeah. because of the like laws on genetically modified uh, things. You know, the EU's pretty strict on all of that, so mm. um Yeah, because they could easily yeah, could could easily get out or Yeah, and then you don't know what effect that would have on yeah. the ecosystem or and also people not close to the like CRISPR genome technology, it sounds easier than it is you just insert some dna you map your yeah four but something and... with something as complex as bees and beehives i guess there's yeah. so many other, like something like that where the bees are just going along and they're like oh this egg has been damaged i'm just gonna kill it yeah and you're like don't kill them that genetically yeah. modified yeah. bees i'm yeah. trying to save you <laughs> yeah find a way of getting the bees to or rearing them yeah machines, so robo bees. it is interesting like the the phd no i think she was a postdoc researcher working with them but she got stung so many times like working with them and trying to you know because you have to take the eggs out inject them and put them back in and it's all inside that tent she got stung so many times that she became um allergic allergic to yeah. bees then and yeah. she can't go into the tent yeah, you anymore develop, you can develop a allergy from getting stung yeah that's a, an intro to a superhero story though genetically modified bees <laughs> and bee, bee lady yeah <laughs> he's getting stung <laughs> Yeah, and but so what are they trying to improve about bees? Just basically like, make them like uh, more immune, probably. They're yeah, very, less susceptible to, to parasites and disease. Yeah, and yeah, bacteria so and do you want to tell us what that mite is? Oh, the varroa mite. Yeah, varroa destructor or something like that is the mm. proper name. It's like a little red mite, isn't it? Yeah, nasty little buggers. They're tiny as well. Aren't they're they? like they're really small, but like you can, you'd be surprised how easily you can see them. Like you can on see a them bee. on a frame of bees, you see them on the bee. So yeah, these are mites that get into bees, go into the col- uh, the hives, and then often lead to colony collapse disorder. They don't know that 
For sure, because yeah. colony collapse disorder has actually been around, like, it's kind of a broad yeah. term. They don't for, really know exactly if there's one or yeah. effect or if it's, like, Because, like, that thing, like effects. you said about the book fast bees in 1905, like, mm. in the early 1900s, somewhere in England, might have been the Isle of Wight or Isle of Man, yeah. there was uh, a space of, like, co- bee colonies uh, yeah. disappearing. They used to call it bee disappearance disease or something yes, like that. Yeah, I was reading about it as well. I think yeah. it is the Isle of Wight. And, like, across, even across all of England, yeah. they found, like... It's like they just disappear or die off um, and just basically... The, the high the colony can't score seven it's like that's the big thing on yeah. it but, but like the varroa so the thing with them is they can only reproduce inside a beehive so when the varroa gets in it's like basically will spread from hive to hive by being on a flower so like yeah. you can like yeah. I actually saw a video there a while ago of uh, it was a like really slow down one of the varroa like jumping like a tick or a fleal like a fleal jump straight onto the bee latches onto the bee's abdomen once it gets into the hive, it'll go into a cell that hasn't been capped yet. So it'll yeah. be a cell with a larva that's a couple of days old. Mm. She'll go in, snuggle in at the bottom of it. And then as uh, attached to that larva and start feeding off it, she'll then reproduce, um, laying seven or eight eggs. And generally one of them will be male, the rest mm. will be female. I think the males are white. I don't think I've ever seen a white one, but the females are the red ones. Yeah. And then they'll feed off that bee. It'll lead to viruses like... Um, deformed wing virus and that because they're they're sucking away basically yeah. all the fatty tissues and proteins yeah. out of the bee and it's mad to think spread that so it's not that the mite carries any diseases with it it's that the mite actually is it leads to it yeah, yeah. so I suppose it's feeding off and it's like I suppose it's like a given some sort of a blood disorder to the bee and it affects yeah. their development or it's just stunting their growth so they just can't a, fly or useless basically often when we think about scales we're like oh insects mites whatever they're all small but to think that the bee like which is large insect, compared to this yeah, mite I know it's mite, crazy. it has an insect on it like, yeah. <laughs> it just keeps going yeah, down yeah you get to the atoms on it, yeah. Yeah. what's on the mite yeah it's a quantum realm the poor mite collapse disorder there was one other thing I wanted to bring up about honey before we stop talking about bees and honey because yeah, I feel yeah. like we're going that way yeah. but um we mentioned about like you know people eating honey for like the anti like allergen effects and stuff but people also use honey for like antibacterial things so yeah. one of my friends was uh was like so one of their friends was climbing and fell and hurt them hurt their heel like hit it really hard off the ground and they like shattered or something and had really awkward operation to get it back together uh, and it kind of got infected and it wouldn't work and then they had another accident where they fell on it again while it was healing so it was really infected they're on loads of antibiotics and they couldn't get rid of it uh, and then they started putting like manuka honey on it yeah. and it went within like a week or two That's or like manuka honey serious stuff like because that. like the the antibiotics wouldn't really work because there wasn't really good blood flow to that area mm. so basically yeah. they weren't getting there and then they just like kept slathering on manuka honey and uh, expensive though oh very expensive yeah, yeah. But it's so like it's so good for that. they use that in hospitals now as well. Like it's just because yeah. it's from tea tree oil. Cause yeah, because so yeah, I was looking up like what is actually causing like what. It, first of all, I was like, is it actually antibacterial or antibiotic? Like, um, but it's basically hydrogen peroxide that's in honey that causes mm. it to be antibacterial, which is mental. Yeah, because I knew it was used for bleaching our wounds. Yeah, <laughs> used as a preservative like thousands of years ago for fruit and stuff, and they think that's how the first alcohol was. Fermented was, was, yeah, honey, yeah. was the Please fruit break. that was in the, but yeah, have you ever tried? I've never tried to make it, but it, I, try, I had it before, it's very nice. So it's just like alcoholic. Really sweet, mm. alcoholic. Mm. And so, used to love it. so honey <laughs> is, yeah, book fast, I suppose. <laughs> but honey is antibacterial then. 
So it says it says it's like an antibiotic and antibacterial. Antibiotics is a broader term, as yeah. in like covers some fungi and stuff like that. But to help your immune system and be antibacterial, for me, you're kind of at odds of how that would, like, how can it be good for yeah. the immune system? And also, I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know exactly how the immune system, like in terms of allergies and stuff, I don't really yeah. know how that works. Yeah, I'm not sure. Mm. But uh, yeah, then you have like different honeys because they go like bees go to different flowers in different areas will have different antibacterial properties like and that's why you have all those manuka honeys in the shop and some of them have like a rating different factors yeah, yeah and like the higher the number the more expensive it is yeah the one like the pure crazy. tea tree like it's like we've got tea tree plants at home in a greenhouse like yeah. my brother got as a present or something like that like the lovely plant but the bee, like in the summer the bees are all over it it's got these weird little fruit yeah. on it as well just trying to figure out how to get my own oil is out it, of it is it edible that fruit I don't know I never actually looked at it they look, they look nice the colours were maybe. trying to warm me off and it's kind of a real bright pinky purple maybe don't eat it yeah. wouldn't go away they look, they, look like, they look a bit like blueberries <laughs> but they're not it does sound very knowledgeable uh, sure. <laughs> looks like blueberries so it's probably fine do that with mushrooms it would be fine um, yeah god that's class it is Cool thing I wanted to bring up. Can I ask you about farming, Joe? You can. I know very little about it. But... <laughs> no, but what I think was cool is because you have the chickens and the bees and the tomatoes and many other ho- horses. We never, we never went through horses. the list of it. We stopped at chickens. Dogs. Yeah. There's cats, which I don't formally claim, but they just stay there. Anyway. <laughs> There's sheep, nearly done lambing now. Yeah. And, and loads of vegetables and stuff. Not that much now. Chilies are going on okay so far. Yeah, chilies. Broccoli and cauliflower. But I need to put lots of beetroot and stuff. And bees and any funny. But it's just real cool the way it's it's almost like um, a self-sufficient little... Like, it, even if, if the power went in the entire country for the next two years, I'd say out of everyone, you'd be the most well-suited to actually surviving. Maybe not far went we'd be goosed we have a well for our water and we won't be <laughs> So like, they'd oh, be yeah, the first to go. Yeah, yeah he'd be the first to go. water. But like we do have like say for the chickens, like over like the over the winter now they really kinda laid off laying, so mm-hmm. so we were actually buying yeah. eggs the first time in three or four years. Chickens as well. Yeah. But um yeah, well, like we don't really ever buy eggs or like now once say come October start pulling up onions like we probably won't buy onions then until yeah. February and onions keep so well like we oh, yeah, we, we grew well, like yeah. onions at home as well and like you'd take up the batch and like you'd have onions for a year yeah another yeah and then nicer as well yeah and then if you made an onion jam or relish or something made, I'll get you on that chili channel. made chili and kind of tomato relish as last year so my, my motivation for asking you this was because um, if you asked me when I was 18 like where I wanted to live like I could live anywhere rent free I probably would have picked like the middle of a city or something mm-hmm. like New York but now I would be way more inclined to pick somewhere remote or more wise. a bit of land and <laughs> a bit of land a bit of road frontage yeah, yeah. <laughs> a bit of road from his key good <laughs> back to the coppers thing yeah. <laughs> good bungalow and carlo for me that yeah. <laughs> couple of acres there yeah but there was an argument saying that uh, like the 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 fact that people are so um, so there's this anti-air travel movement in Europe now for climate reasons people are saying that they get the train and they get the train everywhere which is grander in Europe but the Irish trains are terrible to well they don't go anywhere else I suppose but yeah and to go outside of Ireland you have to like get a boat then yeah there's like five slow. places in the country you can really go on a train I guess so. you can fly to France and just get a yeah train from there but I mean you're getting on a plane anyway just keep going and the UK <laughs> you could get I suppose the tunnel if you want well, the old tunnel for now 
but the it, it was about how also the um the powers that be in in <laughs> more bees in in countries have really made people more like want to travel more and have kind of promoted the idea of interconnectedness and like the whole country being connected the whole europe being connected so you know your the glo- whole global economy yeah all Ireland economy, all Europe economy, all exactly, yeah. Economy. Lots of travel and like where the roads are good. Everyone like, and it's not uncommon. I mean, if you go back a thousand years, no one would have traveled forty miles a day. Never mind, like which I do daily for you know work. Never mind, um, actually just going to Australia for on holidays or something. Yeah. Um, but and also because then it's the argument of the article was that it's easier to control a, an interconnected economy that you know people will kind of do what you want then. But if you're standing outside that and you set up a little self-sufficient place on a mountain, you're like, ah, fuck it, I'm going to just take my own water out of the ground, grow my own <laughs> eggs. You know what I mean? Like, people can't... Yeah. But you still are very dependent on a couple of things like the electricity, right? Yeah. So, and there's not much you can... Like, you put up a windmill, I guess, but I don't know how much... Solar area. panels probably be... Yeah. Solar panels would be pretty crap here, I guess, yeah. in Ireland. But every little helps. Yeah, just get everything. Some geothermal. You could use that. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're not a doomsday need prepper. Need a bit of... Need a bit of Electricity silver pumping out. Do that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Would you set up a little doomsday shelter? Not a little bunker. <laughs> it sounds like a great project. Style bunker thing, I don't know. Yeah, I'd definitely just be doing mad shit out if I had like a load of land that wasn't in the city. Yeah, just load of space to do projects. That'd Grow be great. A load of weed. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh yeah, obviously. Got so much weed. <laughs> <laughs> do these pollinate weed owner? Probably. I don't know. I remember chatting with my friends about this before, and like. They might. I don't know, actually. Yeah. yeah. We'll never know because it's illegal. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> Swiftly moving on. <laughs> um, and it's also good that... Yeah, so I really admire the fact that you were saying you had a, a sheep and you have to like raise it and you have lambs and care for it and then you have to take it to the place it goes and then it turns into the meat. <laughs> <laughs> so disconnected yeah. from the, what's <laughs> happening here. Okay, but that's like, scene missing, yeah. scene missing. <laughs> yeah. Lamb shops in your place. But that that's exactly it. Like and like I that's why I admire about it that you you're you're not having the scene missing. Yeah. Uh you know you're actually like seeing the process through which is nice. And then you're also it's not a factory farmed or anything. So you know I was vegetarian for a few years Tils is currently fighting that struggle. Trying to yeah, yeah, trying to give it a go. I fell off the wagon, and then you probably have the most ethical approach of everyone as well, where you're like, "No, I'm gonna take it at, at face value and and yeah. this. So like take cool. my sheep, grow it, and kill it. Yeah, I know what yeah. I'm doing. I'm not just hiding behind the. Yeah, I think part of the reason that I was like, you know what, I'll try being vegetarian for a while was just because I was like, could I kill a chicken or a sheep or a lamb? I don't know if I could. Yeah. I don't think I could. That was my argument. This one was like, you can have a burger, but here's a cow, you have to kill it. Like, yeah. Nah. If if I knew I could do that, if I needed to, then I would probably be like more open to like having it. Yeah, as because as it's that less like, you don't feel like a hypocrite as much because you're like... Yeah, oh, that's mainly it. So I feel like such a hypocrite just like, you know, going into a restaurant and just like, oh, here's a load of beef. I'm like, I don't... I like, it's so disconnected from where that came from and everything. Yeah. Like, and it kind of talks to that uh, thing we were talking about the last day about the pig's heads were in the abattoir that was mad wasn't it maybe actually did you see that story (laughs) we talked about it extensively so we won't go into it but uh basically they took 32 pigs heads from an abattoir and four hours after they were were killed they pumped some fluid through the brains and some like blood substitute got the brain back online 
um, but they suppressed any brain activity that was yeah, resembling like, consciousness. So. Like base function, brain activity. Um, like, they, would that be like... Like, they got like, cells like, like they would, like, they would, like, how do they get cells working? Like, that long without oxygen, like, would not have been total. So this was the thing. They weren't really... I think they weren't... It wasn't inclusive whether they were, like, actually bringing the entire brain back or if it was, like, you know, the damaged cells from oxygen deprivation weren't working and it was just getting the other cells working again. And if they were just delaying the inevitable, they weren't really sure, so... Was anyone ever actually looked at that? I wonder, like even for human brains, like if there if there's like residual memory yeah. kind of written in or yeah or something like that, like a. So there are companies that also are trying to read brainwaves from people in comas and stuff and try to interpret it, try to match it up to. There was so something can, about that during the week, wasn't there? For yeah. to substitute speech, I think turn your thoughts into speech. Well, possibly uh, I didn't see anything. But. What's the Elon Musk has a company? Isn't he? What's the name of that company? Minds. I'll look it up. I'll, yeah, do a, look it up. I'll do a quick Google. In the meantime, I will talk to Joe about something else. Do you uh, do you shear your sheep? And I we get we get one of the lads coming to like I don't do it. Yeah, I but is there anything to do with the wool, or is sometimes the wool is just crappy and then you don't do it? And you throw it away. Whatever, throw like depending on how good it is. Like you'd, like we just put it into like just bring your big bags down to Marsh Reverend or to we bring it to Queens and Ace and just sell them. It goes for a couple of euro a kilo. Oh yeah, not bad. But I always feel bad when it's like a roasting hot day. I remember we were in Mayo last summer. It was like thirty degrees, and there's just a load of sheep packed into a tiny piece of shade. They were all trying to get under one tree, and they're so hot. And just like I was hot in a t-shirt, but I couldn't imagine having a massive woolly jacket on. Like like they'll be they'll be doing that anyway, even if it's even if they were shorn, they'd be in on that just to get out of just yeah. get some more comfort. Like they're like they're bred to. Like they they've evolved to have that on the whole time, like but, so. But I never understood because you have to cheer them, right? It, like rest just fall off. It will just fall off. It, like they'll shed it, yeah. Eventually, but again, it's selective breeding. Like they probably have been bred throughout the years to not shed it as yeah. much, so people can get the collect the wool. Yeah, I thought I saw the odd photo of a sheep who never, like you know, was neglected or ever, and he's just really fluffy. No, but like you see, then like you know, the west of Ireland or like southwest, like those sheep that are kind of some of them don't get sheared, and you'll see just like sheep's wool everywhere because it just catches on things, yeah. and then it'll just get pulled off as well. So. Yeah. And shock as well can affect them. We had one that got she got stuck in a drain there a couple of weeks ago, um, but her wool's all patchy now because like they get they get shock like the same as it starts to fall off and clumps or whatever. So stressful yeah. job, go bald. Yeah, yeah. come over. That Elon Musk company was Neuralink, by the way. Neuralink, Neuralink there. They also had an announcement like recently saying stuff would be coming soon. But classic. I think he, he said that when he was on Joe Rogan like a year ago. Yeah. And he said that about lots of things. Yeah. So yeah, like, how's, that, how's that tunnel going? Yeah. That tunnel that works for one car at a time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's announced an old um, SUV, Tesla SUV concept. So yeah, that's that'll get the Americans a bit more in the bandwagon. They love their own SUVs. We seem to bring them up way too often on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's only because Neuralink and the tunnel thing, like they're in space. There's a lot they're of all pushing boundaries. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of different directions. Be right. We won't name him by name anymore. Joe, let's quickly just talk about music. You play some instruments, and I have to say, I was grossly neg- uh, negligent. Negligent. Um, um, that's not the word I'm looking for. Um, Underestimating. Yes. I didn't think Irish music was good. Oh. Until. I think we both feel offended by that. Yeah, why? Yeah, why? <laughs> I just didn't think it was like good. Like trad music. Yeah, it's but funny because I wasn't exposed to it, I didn't know. Like, I never really heard it. You know, you, I just didn't see it. Should never go down to, like, Galway or Mayo and go to a session, though. No, but it all Or go changed. to a session here in Dublin. 
Yeah, well, so it's like it was kind that of when we... That could be the plan for later on, just go out to Ryan's or Cobblestone's later on. Yeah. Well, if the weather is nice, yeah. But if the... Um, we'll just sit inside and listen to music. <laughs> if the weather's nice, we won't. It's currently not as windy or rainy, but yeah. it changes every few seconds to look out the window. But when we did our Masters together in space science... Um, <laughs> All three of us. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's kind of when I was like, hey, wait a minute, this is good. And then you play a little raft of instruments. And then I was down at your music festival that you helped organize... Um, which actually is probably worth a shout out. Yeah. 20th, 21st, 22nd of September this year. Music Under the Mountains. Music Under the Mountains, yeah. And it's in Hollywood. In in Hollywood in County Wicklow. And actually have a couple of big names this year at it. Got it? Andy Irvine. Cool. Mm. Yeah. Super. Yeah. And first Lifetime Achievement Award for the RTE Folk Music Awards last year. Cool. Which is pretty yeah. cool. Was that that actually? And Eleanor McAvoy as well. It's like, you know, a woman's heart. She's actually going to be down. Oh, that's well, so. Yeah. So, so book the date, people. Yes. Yeah. I think a kind of fusion of poetry and music on Friday night. Jane Clark, Cormac Bratnock, and Eamon Sweeney. This would be good. be pretty cool. cool. Yeah. So Sounds it's good. Trad Irish Music Festival. But and also, it's, it's quite broad in the stuff that's on because there's also lessons uh, or... Last year, I saw you attending a talk at some point. Yeah, so like we did we did we yeah. did a talk again this year with Eleanor, but we did a talk last year with um, Paddy Glacken. Like an interview or like yeah, it was um, an interview. So we had him being interviewed by oh god, can't remember who was somebody. He's a really good piper as well. But it was pretty, like he's a broad, the two like a broadcaster. Uh, Sean so. Mooney. Yeah. But it, was really, it was really good. Yeah, that was we hadn't done that before, so that was pretty cool. But like, we do yeah. the workshops and lessons. Yeah. We did lessons during the year, and the festival is to basically fund the lessons, like to keep it to keep it going. Keep like, going, yeah. yeah. So you teach those lessons every week. Yeah, I teach accordion every week. Yeah. So what what are your main instruments that you play? Mainly the accordion. Um, I used to kind of play the fiddle and whistle a bit, but like wouldn't even bother yeah. picking them up. Now I wouldn't be able to. But like yeah. trying to teach myself concertina as well. So. You know your way around oh, concertina. Yeah. And what do you play, Delta? Oh, a variety of things. A bit of piano. <laughs> bit of piano. Is that a concertini? A, a uh, concertini. Ukulele up there, I see. There's a ukulele a in, our, in, in our studio well. here. Yeah. yeah. It's guitar in the corner of the studio, so. Yeah. Lots of things. Yeah. Ah, it's all a bit of crack. And uh, we recently moved into the electronic music uh, <laughs> scene <laughs> where we were trying to make some beats. Uh, some sick beats. My brother's actually mad at that as well. So oh, yeah. That, With your synth. Hard. Yeah. He's got, like, he's got loads of synths. Takes a lot of time, a lot of dedication to it learn all that stuff. Yeah, it doesn't feel... Uh, it's such a different kind of skill, isn't it? To yeah. trying to learn... Because it's not dexterity it comes down to. It's actual knowledge. Software, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and and also sound know what you want to make, yeah. It's tough, but it's cool. There's some like if you go on SoundCloud, there's some great like tunes on there from people that you just never hear of. Yeah, making yeah. It themselves. Rewarding. Yeah. That was the thing as well during the week, wasn't it? That um, my they deleted a load of content from residual content from MySpace, and a lot of it was original artist music and stuff. Oh, really? and, yeah, like and they were saying is because that was the only place that, that was actually archived. That was a serious cultural loss. Oh. That's mad. Mental. Yeah. I was I was I was too late for MySpace. So I was never on it. Yeah, but it was big music. Yeah, it was a big music place, and it was the Internet Archive people. There's some place that archives internet stuff, and they were like, "No, wait before deleting it, so we can um, archive it." it. But they didn't. But and the, a lot of there's been a lot of Facebook stuff as well that was deleted. Yeah. Um, that wasn't backed up anywhere, and it's mad to think something actually was on the internet. Loads of stuff, and yeah. it actually just isn't anywhere now. 
Yeah. Remember they did with Bebo when Bebo closed down and they yeah. virtually launched her, but they were like, they sent emails out, be like, if you want to, you can download all your stuff now, yeah. but do it before this date. So I remember mm-hmm. getting on with photographs of Bebo. And yeah, it's mad because like, people just aren't like bothered storing everybody's crap. Like. Yeah. Because that's what, like, people just upload everything, especially but, now. But even without being asked, I mean, like, most people don't even know all of the stuff that is uploaded. Like, yeah. you know, it's more that uh, it's in your phone's interest to just put it all in the cloud but I guess once the cost of storage is like getting cheaper you know mm. so then and that run, runs Good away thing all of our podcast recordings aren't on MySpace <laughs> yeah exactly yeah hope Spotify, Spotify doesn't, go, yeah, doesn't go under <laughs> alright uh, will we wrap it up there lads yeah um, alright thanks for listening whoever's still here thanks Joe for coming on thanks, thanks to Joe um Everyone, don't pick dandelions. That would be one tip. Keep sugar in your pocket for bees. Yeah, throw it at them. Throw it at them when you see them. Yeah. 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 Try and kill them if life. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Also, like, give us a follow on Twitter, Twitter, Instagram. Joe on Twitter as well. You can follow Occam's Laser. You can go to Music Under the Mountains. We'll see you there. And that's everything. Okay. Bye. Bye, people. Thank you.